you, sir. See this guy right here? God made him on the eighth day. Okay, I just want you to know that. That's Greg, I've enjoyed you so much and just being with you. And uh, thanks for letting me share with these people. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I was at this church. And uh, so it's great to be back again. And thank you. And this time with you and this people, okay? Thank you. Are you ready this morning? Um, you've got a crazy American here this morning. It's okay. I don't have a gun. I don't have a gun. I just don't want you to worry about it. I don't have a gun. I do have some swords, though, okay, uh, which you will see, so it's okay. I want you to know, those of you that know me, I'd just like to introduce you for just one second. I uh, have wife Becky. We have three children, Kristen and Matthew and Jonathan. We had the first gospel and last gospel, and there's no more gospels after that, you know, and uh, anything after that was heresy, and, uh, and we're from Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, fifth largest city in America now, and and uh, I've been to New Zealand 40-plus times, all right? So I'm American by birth, Kiwi by culture, okay? And that's a good thing to be, and I heard that the All Blacks won last night. So it's, I mean, one time I was at Mike Knott's church here. We were doing a big conference in, in, in Wellington, you know, and, the, and it was terrible. It was the Bledisloe Cup, and, and we watched that, and that, that Australian guy kicked that ball in, in the rain, and it made it through, and New Zealand lost. I'm telling you, I had to do a deliverance service before we could have... I was speaking, we had to go through deliverance before we could have church, Greg. Oh, these Kiwis, they're really tough on this. So thank you for coming. Now, if you would, I just met some South Africans back here. Bayalaka, all right. Speaking, of, went right up and started speaking Afrikaans to him. It scared him to death, you know. But uh, let me take you to Africa this morning. You're all, some, many of you are changing color. All right, that's a good thing. I've been in 22 countries of Africa. The Africans, uh, I love the way they say it. They come up to me and they say, you cannot fool us. You, you just cannot fool us. You are black on the inside. Okay, so... so. So <laughs> that's the biggest compliment I could ever have. But let's just do church a little bit here. I'd just like to warm you up just a little bit and get us. We've been in a pretty intense time. I'm going to bring us out, but then we'll take us right back in. Okay, so it won't be long. All right. But I just want to give you a little breath. We're going to laugh today. Is that okay? Yeah. Bible says laughter is good medicine, right? Yeah. I want to show you how this works. I'm going to get you laughing. Your mouth's open. Then I'm putting in the medicine. Okay. <laughs> So I just want you to know, so if you're smart, you will uh, close your mouth. No, 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 keep it open. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it, right? So uh, if you would, let's do, it. let's do it like they do in South Africa right now. Many churches, I'm going to Spruitview and near out, just outside of Johannesburg. I'm with Dr. Timothy Mtombo. It's a Zulu yuppie church. It's, a, it's about a thousand Zulus who are all millionaires. I mean, it's an amazing place. Everything's a BMW out there. And I mean, you know, they're probably all working for the government, but somehow they got to be millionaires. I don't know how, but in any event. Um, so this is the way they do church. They, they just play this game called neighbor. So look at the person next to you and say, neighbor. Now, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Powerful Kiwi style. All right. We aren't in Australia. We're in New Zealand. Okay. So turn the person next to you and say, neighbor. neighbor. Now you got to repeat after me. Say, neighbor. When the Lord made you, he looked at you and said, I'll never do that again. (laughs) You're unique. You're special. You're one of a kind. When God made you, he threw away the mold. That's what we've been trying to tell you around here. You're special. You have an identity and a purpose. Today, we're going to learn about our IP address. 
Identity purpose. Who you are and why you are. All right? So that's just one of the little things we're going to space. We're going to challenge that. So everybody say IP address. All right? Now, this one ever gets, this always gets the Africans going, all right? Turn the person next to you and say, Neighbor, you may not know it, but you are sitting by the next millionaire. I mean, somebody take that. <laughs> Those Africans, we break out in revival on that one, you know. Now say, neighbor, neighbor, you must be an absolutely wonderful person because this morning God has chosen you to sit next to me. Okay. I like that one. Now say this one, neighbor, God loves you, but I'm his favorite. Okay. You know, they have all those uh, tribes, you know, the Hittites and the Levites and the Mosquito Bites and the Termites and all those guys, you know. that. You know what tribe I'm from? I'm from the tribe of Favorite. <laughs> oh, I'm a Favorite. All right. Turn to the person next to you and say, say, now say this, God's not mad at you. God's mad about you. Do you leave? I like that. God's mad about you. All right. Man, I was just telling this guy, I like this guy over here. I mean, I went up to him and he had this wonderful gal on his head with all kinds of hair. And he said to me, you know, this is how I grow my hair, you know. And I said, I said, neighbor, you're not, you're not losing hair. You're gaining face. Okay. All right. He's just, I just like that one. You know, it's just, there's something really right about that one. <laughs> You'd rather have hair. <laughs> Greg says, I just know all my hair. You know, I, I, as I've got to know Greg here, and especially yesterday and the, when we met and when he came in, um, you know, all Greg's trying to do, and this, this, is, this is really all God's trying to do, he's trying to make your condition your position. In other words, your position is you're seated in the heavenlies. Your position is you're no longer... Now, your condition might be, guess what? Sometimes we get a little afraid. But you see, don't make your position your condition. Make your condition your position. Does that make sense? And that is so powerful. It's the whole idea of moving up to, to God's space because that's where we belong. That's where we're destined. We're destined for the throne. All right? Not, we're not destined to make all this stuff God and just to drop it down to our space. We're, we're supposed to go up to his space. And that's what I'm gonna, we're going to talk about today. So are you guys ready? Now, we've been talking about doing a series on the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the what? Glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea. And I just want to kind of bring, it, bring uh, what I'm going to talk about into that space, add to that, not take anything away. We'll just add to it. But remember, God has a mission statement. And that mission statement, that vision statement, a compelling vision is a compelling picture of a preferable future that motivates you to perform. Hello? So it's a compelling picture of a preferable future that is motivational. It's a ca- meant to be a catalyst. All right? That's what vision does, okay? And so uh, his vision statement is that he, what he wants is the whole earth filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the, cover the sea. I, I, I like that. That's a great statement. Jesus even confirmed that. He says, I'm not coming back till every tribe, every nation, everybody's heard about me. 
has not. Now, look at this. So how is he going to fulfill this statement? The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory. But it's very interesting how he does this, guys. And this is that whole position condition idea here is that now the saints were, let me say, just say it this way. The glory of the Lord, the glory is not a what? The glory is a who? We beheld his So the earth, what he's saying is, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of Jesus, just like the waters cover the sea. Hello? The earth isn't going to glow blue with the Shekinah, sorry. I know a lot of you have big imaginations and all that, but that's not the whole idea. It's doxalia. The earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of Jesus, just like the water sea. Now, Jesus said that. I'm not coming back to every tribe, every nation, every earth. Now, how does he do that? How do you fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, the knowledge of Jesus, just like the waters cover the sea? How do you do that? Well, let's look at this. The saints were first called Christians, not Christians, Christians at this place called Antioch. Isn't that what the book of Acts says? Now, why did the community say, these aren't, these aren't saints, these aren't, these aren't believers, these aren't Jesus people. They're, they're, they're Christians. You know what Christian means? A mini-Christ. We're a mini-Jesus. I like that. Everybody say mini-Jesus. All right. See, see, Christ in what? You have the hope of the glory of the Lord being filled with the knowledge of the so as the community looked at these guys they said these aren't just regular these guys are christian they walk like christ talk like christ heal like christ do stuff like that their name we're just going to call them what they are they're christians now the interesting thing with that is you see if if they seen us then they seen christ and then what did jesus say if you've seen me you've seen the Father, hello? So as they see us out there, if they can't see us, they won't be us. Hello? As they see us, they see Christ. As they see Christ, they see God. As they see God, that space, that place in your business, your home, your neighbor, your, has been filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters right. cover. It's been filled with the knowledge of Jesus. If they've seen us, they've seen Christ, they've seen Christ, they've seen God. Now God has a good definition of who he is. See, God sent Jesus because he had a big PR problem. CNN was reporting all about him, all this wrong information. BBC and, you know, the, all that they had. And now they had this wrong definition. God finally said, I got to do something about this. Uh, uh, they've defined me wrong and people are forming wrong opinions about me. So how am I going to straighten this out? So that's why he sent Christ. Because if they've seen Christ, they've seen God. I like that branding. I get, God's got a branding gift. Everybody say branding, branding. All right. You see, guys, and that's how this. Now, how do we look like Christ in character? How do, how do we look like Christ? Now, when I say looking like Christ, I'm talking in three areas. Looking like Christ, number one, character. Everybody say character. Now, there's a difference between character and characters. Are you with me? God's a lot of, got a lot of characters, all right? They populated the first church of the Corinthians, all right? 
Now, this guy's got a lot of characters. But, 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 but character, ministry, and mission. They're conformed to Jesus in character, ministry, and mission. So when they see us, they have an accurate definition of who Christ is and then who God is. And when it's a right definition, it's filled that space with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the knowledge of Jesus, just like the waters covered the sea. Jesus said it. I'm not coming back till the earth has been filled with the knowledge of me. Because I didn't come to make myself known. I came to make God known. John 17, 26. Jesus said, I didn't come to make myself known. I came to make you known. You know why we're here? We are here to make him known. Hello? How do we do that? How how, how does that work? What I'd like to take you into, guys, let's, let's have a little fun this morning. I'd like to take you into a space that, this is going to be a new space for uh, a lot of people. We're going to be going through some very familiar set of scriptures and things like that, but you're going to see it in a whole uh, new way. This will be an aha. Everybody go, aha. Uh I like ahas. Aha is a moment, how do you say it, when you get get the pop. It's not just truth. It's truth with light. It's like... Aha! It moves from information to revelation through illumination. Hello? Which, going to, which leads to transformation. And then incarnation, which requires a little imagination. Man, you're in a dangerous row. Paul, I, it's very dangerous to be in the front row with me. I believe in, I believe in baptism by sprinkling and everything. I mean, you're in trance. But... And see, 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 what, guys, this whole thing, it just, I just want to take this space. Now, I want to, we're going to share a subject that everybody knows a little about. Okay? And I just want to show you how this works. And let me just share with you a brief story, and we'll have them bring up the, the slides here in just a minute here, whatever. But I'd just like to start with this story, which is not in the PowerPoint. And they came to Bethesda. And they brought him, a blind man, to Jesus and implored Jesus to touch him. Taking the blind man by the hand, Jesus brought him out of the village. And after spitting on his eyes, here, Paul, you're in the front row. Let me demonstrate that to you. (laughs) So, excuse me, excuse me. All right. Uh, You know, and that's interesting, that spitting. Remember when they were spitting on Jesus? See, to the Jewish, the whole Jewish mind, when he spit on those eyes, that was a sign of what God thinks of disease. That is a sign of what God thinks of low self-esteem. That is a sign. That, that shows what God... And what God did with this thing, he spit on those eyes, but he didn't spit it for condemnation. He spit in his eyes for transformation. Devil spits on you for condemnation. Jesus turned that condemnation into transformation. Hello? But so he spit on this, which shows what he thinks of disease. He hates it. Well, God thinks he hates it. And he's going to get rid of it someday. You see, we, you believe me, you want to get rid of your sin. We were, I was talking with Craig, you know, the whole idea of this thing is we've got to get rid of sin. Because if we went to heaven with sin, everybody says, well, why doesn't God just let everybody in? He's a good God and so forth. You see, if we, if we let the sin into heaven, then we'd have to have, have hospitals, jails. Are you with me? 
we'd have people running around. We'd have CNN. That'd be terrible. <laughs> America, we call it clearly not neutral. You know, it's just that we can't help it. But, but, but and, 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 you know, this whole idea, guys, is that, is that we got to get rid of the sin because that went up to heaven. Then we just repeat the earth again. Because that was the problem. Sin has a power. Hello? That's what it says. So look at this guy. So here we have this. He, he brought him out of his after spitting on his hands and is laying his hands, or spitting on his eyes, excuse me, and laying his hands on him. He asked him, do you see anything? And he looked and said, I see men, for I am seeing them like trees walking around. Now, is he much better off than when he was? Absolutely. He didn't see anything. But now he sees men like Trees. That is an inaccurate definition of man. He sees it partially. He's seen enough to be dangerous. Men don't have limbs growing out of the top of their head or bark for skins. So he's halfway there. He's much better than he was, but he's halfway there. He's seen something, but he's not seen it clearly. And I think this is the condition of many people in the church, we hear these messages, we see these things, and we see them, but we don't see them. We hear them, but we don't hear them. We know things, but we don't know it. We know it like, we see it like a tree. We know it like a tree. And, and with those inaccurate definitions are taking us to inaccurate conclusions. And Jesus said, I don't want a dissatisfied customer here. I have a client here, he says, and I'm going to take care of my client. Now, watch what he did. He didn't leave him in that condition. And then again, he laid his hands on his eyes. So listen to intercessors or in people, prayer people and stuff like that here. If you've ever prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed the first time, even Jesus had that problem. <laughs> so pray for him again. If the door is closed, open it up. That's how doors work. Are you with me? <laughs> so, so Jesus prayed for him again, laid his hands, and then, and then the man looked intently as restored, and then he began to see everything. What? Clear. I can see clearly now the Lord has come. <laughs> People my age will get that. Sorry about that. Millennials, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Just had the little, little age thing leak out there or whatever. Okay, so... But see, then, what I love about this is then he began to see everything clearly. The first time he got prayed, he had information. The second time he prayed, he had revelation. Hello? And that revelation, it moved from God opening his eyes of his mind. Information, knowledge, is God just opening the eyes of your mind. Revelation is when God opens the eyes of your heart. So everything starts with information. My people perish for lack of what? No, it's so God opens the eyes of your mind, but then it's got to make it to God open the eyes of your heart. That's when you get the aha. Everybody say aha. That's the aha moment. I see why the what. Information is what. Revelation is why. Why the what. And then you've moved down, and then you began to go, aha, I see it, I get it. And then application happens almost instantly. You see, behavior doesn't change with knowledge. Excuse me, let me stay within the limits here. Um, 
behavior doesn't change with knowledge. Behavior changes with revelation, with understanding. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Wisdom's the proper application of knowledge to understanding. So this whole process is moves from your head to your heart to your what? Feet. I guess, and I want you to know something. The truth does not set you free. Sorry. The truth applied is what sets you free. Hello? Not knowing the truth up here sets you free. The truth, when, it moves, when the word becomes what? Flesh and dwells amongst us. So please remember this whole idea. And I, uh, I wrote a book. Dave and I, actually, Dave was with you Thursday uh, night. We wrote a book called Redefining Rhema. And what we were concerned about, this Greek word called uh, rhema. Lance Wall now did the forward to it. Lance said the interesting thing. He says, you realize there's been no big major book written on rhema in 50 years. And I just wanted, if I could rename it again, I would call it clarifying rhema. Because many people see it, but they see it like a tree. And therefore, it gets misused. And that's why many people don't even want this Greek word known and brought into their space and their churches and so forth. And so I want to clarify rhema because the rhema is how we make God known. That's Christ in us. Christ lived by rhema. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every rhema. Not logos, not every Bible verse, but every... How do you say it? Rhema. I'll explain what it means in a second. And it's so important because if we aren't living by rhema like Christ did, then guess what? We aren't going to be called Christians. And we aren't making Christ known. Christ had to live by rhema. We have to live by rhema. When you live by rhema, moving from not just the, the uh, uh, God of the, the um, word of God, but the God who speaks a word. See, it's both. It's the Word of God and the God of the Word working together. I'll show you what I mean by that in just a second. So um, we call it God's words create God's world. Our words create our world. Hello? So we have these. We don't have these books, but we brought 20 of them to give your leadership. If you want one, just go to Destiny Image. You can get an e-book and all that. They just called me up the other day. They said, we sold over 1,000 of those books just on e-books. So... Um, you know, I encourage you guys. Let me take you into the space, and we'll have a little fun. I just wanted to make sense and bring this. See, see where Greg's trying to take you? He's trying to take you. God's trying to, Holy Spirit's trying to take us all in making sure that this thing is a city of truth and light, not just truth. Hello? I don't want you to get truth decay. Okay. Okay. Let's take a look, you guys, here on this, okay? Here we go. Um, how I want to show you how Rama works. I, I could present all the theology in my book. We did that and so forth. But I want to show you how it works in real life, guys. And, and, and people love this message, it's this story, because it shows. I mean, you can't. It's pretty hard to get it wrong after this message. All right. So could we just come on in. Everybody say, I'm coming in, baby. All right, see, 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 there's one thing between, there's a difference between believing in Jesus and believing Jesus. This takes you from that space, believing in Jesus, to what? Believing Jesus. And that's what Jesus had to do. Now, this is how Jesus managed toxic temptations and precarious predicaments. The best sight is what? 
insight. Now, anybody here, everybody, every, anybody here ever been in a toxic temptation before? Raise your hand. Oh, come on, now be authentic. Anybody, I mean, if you haven't been in a temptation, I'm sorry, you're dead. <laughs> all right? Um, just say, come alive, all right? Look at that. Uh, so anybody here ever been in a precarious predicament? Raise your hand. I have, man. I have bankers knocking on the door. I had a, I've been up, down, and all around in my life. I mean, so I've been in both of those things. Now, Jesus was going to be in a toxic temptations and precarious predicaments in this place that he was going to start. Before he was going to start his ministry, God says, I'm going to teach you how this thing works, baby. All right, so the, get ready. Watch this. Now, so I like this. Now, here's an example of, I love people that turn precarious predicaments into uh, wins in the Lord. Look at this next one here, if you would. I got this in Franz Hook, South Africa, a month or two ago. I like this, what this lady said. Come in and try the worst coffee one woman on TripAdvisor had in her life. I just, I just think that's really good, guys. I mean, this guy, and you should have looked inside of that store in Franz Hook. I mean, uh, they, the store was full. Everybody wanted to try the coffee. One woman. And, you see, I like this whole idea, of guys, of how to turn this stuff up. Are you with me? Uh, look at this one. Now, this one's a good one. Here we go. This is a roller coaster going down. God, I have a plan for your life. This is what it feels like. There's the Holy Spirit, and there's you. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking to you. You better listen to them. I'll just tell them that. <coughs> Isn't that great? Look at that kid. Every time I see that kid, it just makes my day. It's just like, I agree with that. Look at the Holy Spirit having a ball. <laughs> you see, see, the Holy Spirit doesn't believe in God. He believes God. See the kid? He believes in God, but he doesn't believe God. See the difference? Are you with me? Now watch this. Okay. I have a plan for your life. Let's take a look at the next image, please, if you would. Now let's go through this. This is the two swords of the Lord, God. I want you to know I brought swords from America. These are anointed swords. Just Walmart, $3 each. All right. So, and they even, look at this, they even light up. Uh, Ah, that's Flash. That's Flash, American. That's Flash. Uh, you want one of these? You should see them when I try and get them through TSA in the airport. It's always a riot. <laughs> now watch this. Let's talk about Logos and Rainbow real quick. The two swords of the Lord. Now, some of you may not have been in this space before or whatever, so let's, I'm going to try and bring you clarity, all right? It should come through clear. We prayed for open air this morning. Now, here's the two swords. For the word, logos, is living, active, and sharper than any two-edged, what? Sword. This type of sword in the two-edged reference in the Hebrew means two mouths. In the Hebrew, this sword right here, I'll use the blue one for logos. This says it has two edges, and it's the mouth of God speaking through the mouth of man. Hello? See, that's what you were designed for. You were designed for God to speak to you and then to you to speak to others. God speaks to you and then God speaks through you. Two-edged sword. Hello? That's the Hebrew meaning. I like the Hebrew. A lot of times it's got great stuff in it where you can really get something extra. Now, so that's one sword. And you know other verses in the beginning was the 
logos, and the logos was God and with God and so forth. It's Jesus. Um, uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but my logos, well, logos will never pass away. Your loins girded with the truth, the logos of God. Now, and there in Ephesians. Now watch this. The mouth of God speaking through the mouth of man. The other sword is the sword of the ooh, spirit. Oh, this one's got red in it. I like it. So, so here's the logos and here's the rhema. Are you with me? See, we have two swords, believers, not just one sword. Most of you are used to this sword. And I'm telling you what, if you have just this sword, you are going to be P-O-O-R. Passing over opportunities repeatedly. <laughs> Are you with me? This, this, is, this is born to win, but if you don't have this, you're conditioned to lose. Born to win, conditioned to lose. We've got two swords. Everybody say two swords. Now watch this, okay? We're coming. In. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema, of God. So we have two swords, and they're equally important and equally necessary. Watch this. Next one, please. Um, how many here, how many here think God still speaks today? Raise your hand. I hope, I hope in this church you do. I mean, in this church, um, that, that's, the, that's what we're all about. Now, what's Logos? Logos is the entire mind and word of God as revealed in the God-breathed, God-inspired Holy Bible. Logos is what God has said or has spoken in the past. Logos is, it is what? It's written. It's all there. Every, God made an owner's manual. I mean, when you have buy a car, it has an owner's manual, okay? When you, when you make a human, you send them with a hum, owner's manual, okay? And when you read that owner's manual, that's how they work best, okay? So that's very, very important. Now, while Logos is basically the Bible, it is written in what God thinks about things. Rhema is, while Logos is what God has said or has spoken, Rhema is God speaking to us presently in our current situation. It's the word speaking to you, a word producing abundance. Hello? It's God speaking presently. There may be no verse in the Bible for what he says, but it will be biblical. And he will say, I'll, I'll explain this more in just a second. Rhema is not only truth, it's truth with light. It's God popping. Kaboom! Let there be light. And what was concealed is now revealed. Rhema is truth with light. Biblically correct. Rhema is biblically correct. That's the word of God. And spiritually accurate, that's the God of the word speaking to you directly, give you guidance and all that other stuff. Used 70 times in the Bible. 70 in our book, we have it in every verse in the Bible. It has rhema. It's amazing. Just next one, please. I want want to get us us to where we're going here. Rhema is Holy Spirit illumination of logos for the present situation. In other words, logos is God's general wisdom and knowledge concerning marriage. Rhema is Mary Becky. That's my wife. Okay, are you with me? I mean, God spoke to me. Dude, here she is. You just found Nemo. Are you with me? Nemo's not lost anymore. I was a singles pastor. I had 550 singles in my singles department. Man, I, 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 took, I looked at God. I was a single singles pastor, Grace Community Church in Tempe, Arizona. 
And I mean, it was, it was a great position to be in. I was, I was praying. I said, Lord, all I need is one. That's all I need. <laughs> see, but God, see, if, if there's no such verse in the Bible that says, thou shall marry Becky. But was it equally as valid? Is God speaking to me presently? If the Mary, thou shall marry Becky was in the Bible, every one of you men would be trying to marry Becky, and I'd be really bugged. Are you with me? <laughs> so it was God to me speaking presently to Ed, to your name. <laughs> What's your name? Chris. Okay, I'm having so much fun with you. Okay. <laughs> but look at this, guys. Now, so Rama is who to marry. Rama can be when you get a aha in the Bible. All of a sudden, you've read that verse 32 times, and the 33rd time, it just pops up all over the page, and you go, ah, I get it, I get it. Ah. And then you know what? It becomes easily to do it. Why? Because you had a revelation. You move from information to revelation through illumination, which is going to create transformation. Hello? But you can't, you don't have that shift until you get a revelation. You know what a revelation is? A revealation. Hello? So important. I'm sorry about doing this. That's a habit I got in Argentina. In Argentina, when you go like this, the whole crowd screams, you know. <laughs> and so, so I'm trying to get rid of that habit. It's, it's like a devil. It only comes out with prayer and fasting. You know, it's terrible. Okay. But look at this, guys. Uh, a rhema is a faith-infused utterance from God speaking presently to us, providing illumination, clarity, wisdom, direction, or guidance. It's God speaking to you presently. And guess what? It's faith-infused. You don't have to find faith. When it's a rhema, you don't have to find faith. Faith finds you. Faith cometh by hearing a rhema. When it's a rhema, you don't have to find faith. God instantly gives you the faith. It's finished. It's done. Man, you just, man. Now, I believe in bottom-up faith. Bottom-up faith, most of you are used to the bottom-up faith through the prosperity and the faith teaching and all that. That's when you get enough faith and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if you didn't get healed, you don't have enough faith and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that. I believe there's a place for bottom-up faith. But rhema's not in that category. When it's a rhema, God gives you the faith. It's a faith-infused utterance from God speaking presently to you in your situation. Buy this business. Sell this asset. Move to this city. Get this degree. Marry Becky. <laughs> Hello? Does that make sense? You think God still speaks that way? Absolutely. Of course he does. See, that's where we're trying to get us in the space of living, living that way. Now, watch this. Uh, Psalm 43, 3. Oh, Lord, send out thy light. All right? Light. And send out thy truth. Let them lead me to your holy hill. Too many people want to go up the mountain of God and all that stuff. Guess what? You aren't going to do it if you just have this. Let them, both of them. Lead me. Now, I'm going to show you how Jesus did this. Okay, I'm going to show you how this works, guys. This is, I'm talking about application, all right, today. All right, so we can have revelations, we can have application. Next one, please. Now, Jesus' lesson for us on how to deal with a real-life predicament and a real-life temptation. And Jesus, we're talking about going into the wilderness temptation. You understand 
Jesus came as the last Adam. Not the second Adam or the third Adam. If he came as the second Adam, that means there could have been a third Adam. He's the last Adam. Now what this means is that if he fails this, you and I aren't around. If he failed, this is the, he was a forerunner to show us how we need to live. See, as the Son of God, Jesus is an example for us. As the Son of Man, Jesus is an example of us. That's right. He's showing us how we can live. He's the example of us as the Son of Man. He limited himself to not doing anything on his own initiative, but hearing God before he did anything. So here comes, now watch this, guys. You know, incidentally, i got a great story in this. Ed Murphy wrote a book called The Handbook to Spiritual Warfare. John Wimber called it the greatest book ever written on spiritual warfare. And Ed was casting out a demon one time, and he was terrorizing the demon a little bit. You know, when was, when was your Satan defeated, and when, when you know, was the devil you know, driven out, and when would all, all this stuff? And you know, what the, you know what the demon said? It's profound theology. The, you know what Demon said? If he would have only given in in the wilderness. Wow. Hello? That was the beginning of the end. That's the, that was the first cell of, if you uh, use cancer as an example, or that was the first leaven that was going to that it was. And you know what? It was one at that point. It's just a matter of waiting it out. Pretty profound, huh? And Jesus, full of the Spirit. How many people here around feel like you got a little Holy Spirit around here? Raise your hand. All right, come, all right. We got to feel like that's okay. It's good. Don't don't be embarrassed. Yay! But Jesus was full of the Spirit because what happened to him at the end of Matthew chapter three? The dove came down. The Holy Spirit. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I mean, kaboom! So now he's full of the Holy Spirit, but. Watch what happens. So now he's full of the Holy Spirit. He was going to have to go through another little exam. See, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You see, now the key is, after you're full of the Holy Spirit, you need to go to the next step, which is to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Notice he didn't give him the power of the Holy Spirit yet. No power. Hello? Watch this. Watch this. We're talking today about how we're going to move from being full of the Spirit to being led by the Spirit, guidance by the Spirit, to coming back. When he finished that temptation successfully, he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people have the power of the Spirit when they don't even know how to be led by the Spirit. You know what that is? False power. Wonderful enthusiasm. I appreciate their zeal. Their heart is wonderful, but their heads could use a little help. Okay, so watch this. Okay, now watch this. Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, a lot of you guys, and I, don't, I, I feel the same way. I don't like the wilderness. I don't like those wilderness times in our walk. But you know the great thing about the wilderness? When God leads you into the wilderness, it's for one thing. He wants to talk to you. 
because there's too many distractions in Egypt. There's too many distractions in Jerusalem. He wants you to get out there so he can talk, walk, and talk with you. Hello? So when you're in the wilderness, you know what your response should be? Oh, good, good, good. God wants to talk to me. Uh, no, seriously. Come on. That's your, that's your position. Their condition was he was down here. But you know what he did? He made his condition his position. Hello? Now watch this. Watch this. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became not just a little hungry, really hungry. I mean, this guy was one in a lack of bright. He was, he was one in a lack of bright. Okay, that's in South, a, a nice barbecue is what that means, a nice big barbecue. Sorry, I speak in Afrikaans there. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm dangerous with Afrikaans, okay. In any event, full of the Spirit, and he had fasted. This guy was starving, man. He, he was at the end of his role. Now, this is the worst possible temptation, the worst possible time, the worst possible situation. This is, this is as bad as it gets. In fact, the Bible even says he was tempted in every ways to the very extreme and yet without sin. He, do you realize pornography? Let's take any sin. Lust, lying. He was protected. He was tempted to the maximum that you could ever be tested in that. And yet without sin. Because he knew a secret. Watch this. Next one, please. Now, this is the first temptation. This was an attack on Jesus' identity. Incidentally, every person ever made is going to go through the same. This is the trinity of temptations, guys. This is the mother of all tra- temptations. Okay, this is these three temptations. Every person's. This is the devil's. This is the ace of spades, the ace of hearts, and the ace of diamonds. These are the worst possible temptations that you can go through. And watch this. And the tempter came and said to him, "If you are the Son of God, everybody say if. What do you mean if?" If you are the Son of God. Wait, didn't at the end of the Bible in Matthew 3, didn't he say, What? This is my what? Um, Beloved Son. And what do you mean if you were? See, God said, but then the devil said. The question was, What was his flesh going to say? See, see, see. It would mean if you are the son of God. And if you're the son of God, watch, watch what he tries. Every charismatic falls for this one. Every spirit, every miracle person falls for this one. I, if you're the son of God, you would show me a sign. You do a miracle for me right now. Just do a miracle. Just do a miracle. Do a miracle. And we bite on that hook. We bite on that thing. It's devil bait. Show, show me a miracle. I mean, if you don't do a miracle for me, guess what? That means you're not the son of God. Hello? The tempter came, attack on his identity. If you are the son of God, if you're a Christian, if you're a prophetic person, if you're a prayer person, if you're a business person, what if, then show me, show me you are. Challenge your identity, tries to get you to believe in a false identity. You see, just because you might have cancer, it doesn't mean you are cancer. 
Quit making the noun, the adjective, the noun, and the noun, the adjective. You are a person who has cancer, not a cancer who has the person. Now watch this. But he answered. Now, look, here's the lesson. See, he's starting. He's not even doing his ministry yet. Whoops, I guess I'm, I hope I stay right in here. Watch this, guys. He's not even doing, he hasn't even started his ministry yet. This is God's, this is his test before he starts. But look at this. Now, watch this. All of a sudden, if you know, how do you say it? Could Jesus have done a miracle? Absolutely. I mean, I can show you 30 verses that says he could have done a miracle. So, so he had this. It was truth. I mean, you could, he could have done a miracle. But Jesus, you know what Jesus said? I don't like this because this isn't a rhema. There's no faith. I don't have faith for that. And I, we got this. I, yeah, I could have do that. But the question is, did God tell me to do that? Yeah. Or did my gift tell me to do that? Too many people are driven by their gift rather than by the Holy Spirit. Hello? Oh, I'm a God. I do miracles. Don't let your gift drive you. Let the Holy Spirit drive you. Did God tell you to do that? Not show off. Now, look at this. All of a sudden, he says, something's wrong, something's wrong. Now, here comes a verse right out of Deuteronomy. I think God was doing his studies in Deuteronomy that day. Paul. But look at, look at this. But he answered and said, he just, he just stood there and said, no, I'm not falling for this one. There's no faith. It's not God. We got, yeah, we got this. But we don't have this. And all of a sudden, he just waited. He went to God's weight room. W-E-I-G-H-T room. Or W-W-A-I-T weight room. Okay. He, he just waited. And then all of a sudden, here comes kaboom, truth and light. They're going to come together, and they're going to lead Jesus to the holy, what? Hill. And he says, here it comes, guys. But he answered and said, it's also written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every faith-infused utterance from God speaking presently to me and to us that proceeds out of the mouth of Jesus says, if you're going to live this life, if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to make the glory of the Lord be known, then guess what? There's only one way to do it. It's truth and life, not just, hello? It's God speaking to you. It's the Bible. It's biblically correct and spiritually accurate. Here comes the spiritual accurate part. Boom, it's biblically correct. It's spiritually accurate. We have both sorts. And here's what, listen, guys, in our life, in our ministry, in this Christian walk, you're going to have to live this way, by hearing both truth and light. Hello? If you don't, if you go by truth, I'll show you in a second, the next one. Now watch this. So it's attack on his identity. Do a mirror. Here, the son of God. Now look at this. Recovering your IP address. The temptation was to let hunger lead him, not God lead him. His need. Look at that. You don't know who you are until you know what? Whose you are. There's a bunch of little identity things here. The two greatest days in your life were the day you were born and the day you found out why. Hello? You had a purpose before others had an opinion. Uh, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. 
Running from your identity is a race you will never win. Don't look back. You're not going that way. (laughs) Next one, please. Wow. There are only three opinions in life that matter. What God thinks of you, what you think of God after knowing what God thinks of you, and then what you think of you after knowing what God thinks of you. What others think of you is none of your business. When you find out how much you're worth, you will stop giving discounts. Know your worth, then add tax. If you never heal from what hurt you, you will bleed on poop people who didn't cut you. That's what we have in America right now. A bunch of people that, women that didn't heal. I mean, I, I agree that something bad happened to them. And, you know, but they're bleeding on everybody who didn't even cut them. Next one, please. Ooh, are you liking this this morning? This is all identity. I want you, we want you to get your identity. Uh, Greg's talking about this all the time. You were worth dying for, Jesus says. If I am, says I am, then I am. All right? He's not the great I was. He's the great... You attract uplifting people and things when you know who you are. Be careful how you're talking to yourself because you're listening. Here's the th- whole Christian experience in three short sentences. Royalty is my identity. Greg said that earlier. Servanthood is my assignment. Intimacy with God is my source. Any more questions? Life was much simpler when apple and blackberry were just fruits. I like that, okay. I, just, I had to throw that in there, okay. Just, just, I mean, this is, you know, never mind. That's just, just complicated stuff, okay. Here we, here we go, guys. I like this. What's the takeaway here? Someone will always be prettier. Someone will always be smarter. Someone will always young, be younger, but they will never be you. Hello? I like that. The devil knows your name but calls you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin but calls you by your name. You know what you are? You know what you are? You're flossom. What's flossom? A person who knows their flaws, but they also know they're awesome. Come on, everybody say flossom. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm flossom, baby. All right. Hello? I'm telling you, I'm telling you what, guys, this, I mean, we are taking ground right now. We're taking ground. I'm taking that low, so I'm going to, you know, rejected, but not affected because you've been elected, perfected, connected, selected, and all the other acteds. Hello? I like that. Rejected, but not affected. That's called living. Wow. So that's what Jesus, he was living from that space. He was living from significance not for significance. He was living from being secure, not for being secure. He was living from being loved, not for being loved. Hello? He was living from acceptance, not for acceptance. I get so tired in singles ministry, we just have it all the time, all these people running around. It doesn't matter if they're guys or girls. Same thing. Love me, love me, love me, love me. Somebody love me, 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 love me. Man, dude. 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 
I have message for you. I have a word for you. I have a rhema for you. You're already loved. So now you can love because he first loved you. He broke that circle, man. He just broke it. And he said, stepped in and said, okay, I'm going to love you. When nobody else would. So now that you, he broke that thing. Now you can be, oh, oh, I could get off in the space forever, but let's go through. So guys, here you go. Here's here's a word. The devil's going to go and he's going to attack you on your identity. He's saying, you were, if you were a Christian, you would never do that. How could you do that and be a Christian? How could you do that? What's going to do to your children? What's going to do to your family? What's going to do to your legacy? You know what you do? That's the accuser. What's your identity? Just what we said up there. You may have some flaws, but you're flossom. Okay? Not your teeth, but flossom. Okay. All right. Look at this. Let's take a look at that. So, number one, let's number two, and then I want to get us out of here. Are you enjoying this this morning? Here we go. Just different space. Next in one, please. Oh, karma. You get what you deserve. Christianity is God. Jesus got what you deserve. Any more questions? Okay. Next one, please. Now, the second temptation was an attack on Jesus' commitment to God and his word. And the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. He's way up on the temple, and he said to him, he he starts quoting the Bible. Here it is, Psalm 91. I mean, Psalm 91. Um, Look at this. Just throw yourself off. Uh, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will uh, bear you up so that you will not strike. It's biblical. It's right here in the Bible. Just do it. See what do it in the Bible. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by the word that's real. Here it is right here in the Bible. It's in Psalm 91. You know what Jesus says? Got this. But there's no faith around here to do that. He just waited. I mean, in our church, where I just spoke this message, this exact same message, it's a little upgraded in the form you're getting it today, but, but uh, uh, I just spoke this message. We've got 6,500 people in our church, did all four services. It's like a marathon. And um, <laughs> the, our, our people, 70% of them are under four years old in the Lord. Wow. 70%. And you know what those people, they read that... Here it is in the Bible. Just jump off the temple. You know what they do? They just jump right off. It's in the Bible. You know what God say? Bye. I love you. I have a place for you in heaven. I'll see you in heaven, but bye. See, see, guys, you know what? Seriously, what if Jesus would have gone by that verse? We have all these little plaques in our house. He will give angels guard you over. What if Jesus would have been by that plaque on your wall? My question is not whether it's biblical. Did God tell you to do that? See, if God told you to do that, like in Psalm 91, that was a verse for back then. Right verse, right place, right people. But this wasn't that situation. And Jesus knew it wasn't that situation because he got, Father told him, you're going to have to live by me speaking to you, baby. It's going to have to be truth with light. And all of a sudden, God says, here comes another verse in Deuteronomy. Here's the right answer for this situation, this people at this time. Kaboom, we come together right now over me. Look at this, look at this. And Jesus said to him, here it comes. On the other hand, it is written. See, it's written in both places. Which verse is it? 
Here's what God says. It's written, you shall not put the Lord to the test. You know what the devil did? He had to go see a counselor. (laughs) He says, man, they all fall for that one. Here's two verses. In this case, Paul says, and book of Acts, go, uh, you know, go over there and feed the poor. Go feed the poor. Maybe it's probably Peter. Go feed the poor. Here's another verse that says, don't feed the poor. If they don't work, they aren't going to eat. See, there's a difference between a person that has no choice and a person that has a choice. If they won't do what, what they know they can do and the, all the resources there, you don't help those people. Because the issue, see, many people, poverty is a choice, not a chance. The people that it's the chance, you help. The people that it's a choice, if they're willfully and don't want to apply, you don't help those people because they got to learn so they can go up. Or else you know what you're going to create? Total codependency. I give you, I give you freebie, you give me vote, we happy. Hello? It's happening all over the world. It's not, that's an American thing. It's happening all over the world. Now, look at this, guys. On the other hand, it's written, here comes the right verse. Look at this, guys. So this was an attack on Jesus' commitment to not just, you see, the first Adam didn't do it. Hello? Didn't go by God's word. And what did it create? A big mess. Hello? So Jesus got it. I mean, if he failed this one, here he says, I'm not doing anything until I have truth and light, faith. See, without, uh, what is it? Without, if you know what to do and don't do it, faith, you know. Wow. So on the hand, here it comes. Okay, let's take a look at this, guys. Next one, please. Um, let there be light. Psalm 91 wasn't a verse for everyone for all time, all the time. Wrong verse, wrong time, wrong people. What if Jesus had gone by that verse? We'd be in trouble. This whole exchange was to move Jesus from faith or hearing God to presumption or hearing the tempter. The devil has truth decay, truth with no light. Hello? That's how he lives. Just It's in the Bible, but God's got to confirm that. That's the sword of the Spirit. Did the Holy Spirit tell you to do that? A few years ago, Kenneth Copeland, God gave, showed up and gave him a uh, uh, Rama, I'm going to give you three jet airplanes, three jets, Kenneth Copeland. And that was Kenneth Copeland's Rama. The problem was 10,000 of his followers all ran around for the next three years claiming three jets. Yeah. Are you with me? Dude, it wasn't for everybody. It was for him. It was God speaking personally and present. Don't try and make somebody else's Rama your Rama. Hello? I mean, stupid. I didn't say you were stupid. I said that's stupid. Okay. Very, very profound. I mean, you know, I, I was in Hatfield speaking in Pretoria a few months ago, and 6,500 people, half, well, a third of them were African, black Africans, wonderful people. And, you know, I said, everybody's so impressed with you Africans and how you pray. I mean, you shout and scream. And, um, I said, you know what? I have one question. You could have heard a pin drop. I have, did the Holy Spirit tell you to pray that way? Or did you just get that form of prayer 
listening to some guy from Nigeria. Every time I come here, it's the same verses, same things. I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, I'm going to step on the devil's head. And they're just, are you with me? I think that's a form of godliness. Now, I don't have any problem if the Holy Spirit told you to pray that way. That's awesome. My question is, did the Holy Spirit tell you to pray that way? I have a new word for it. I said, I've got a prophetic word for you. God's getting rid of the old intercession. God has a new intercession. Here's the new intercessors. It's not an army of intercessors. It's an army of listeners who hear first and then speak second so that it's on earth as it is in heaven. Are you with me? Not trying to make in heaven what's on earth. I mean, it's like, that's like putting a leash around God's neck and dragging him around. You're like Nimrod. You're going before God. I mean, he's going before, he went before God. He dragged God around like a dog on a collar. Excuse me, I'm not supposed to be over here. I forgot. Sorry. Sorry. Wire guy, <laughs> live streaming guys. I love you. <laughs> you know what they're saying? Ed, I love you. You're perfect. Now change. <laughs> so I'll stay right here. But you see, this is serious stuff, guys. It's major stuff. Did the Holy Spirit tell you to pray that way? And they just stood there and they, I mean, for the first time, somebody caused them to think on, on how they're, did they hear God say anything? No, they just automatically assumed. <clears throat> well, that's fine if God said to you, but I have a better way. Why not just sit and listen, hear what the Spirit says, and then pray that. God's words create God's world. By hearing a faith-infused utterance from God, we understand the worlds were created by the word, by the rhema of God, not the logos, the rhema of God. Truth with light. Hello? See, in the beginning was the logos. Total darkness. Couldn't see a thing. I mean, it's here, but you can't see it. It's everything, the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, everything was there, everything there, but nobody could see anything. And the Holy Spirit was hovering, the Ruach of God was just hovering over this thing. Are you with me? Over, but notice, the Holy Spirit wasn't doing anything until he, heard, until he heard something. Because faith created the world, so he knew faith was going to create the world, so that means he had to hear from God. Faith cometh by hearing... So he's complete darkness, all there, but nobody could see it. And all of a sudden, what was in God's mind came out of his mouth, and he said, let there be what? So, so, we, so all of a sudden, we had, we had this, but nobody could see it. You understand, you can know every verse in the Bible and be in complete darkness. You can know every verse. In, at Paul knew every verse in the Torah. Saul, I should say, he was killing Christians. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jews. The devil knows every verse in the Bible. It's in complete darkness. Hello? And now all of a sudden God said, let there be what? Why did we need light? Because sight requires light. Hello? Insight requires light also. So, guys, that's, that's kind of my little thing there. See, God, Jesus, that's what's important. so important. Just like the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, I only do what the Father 
says, I'm voluntarily putting my position because then I know it will be God. It will not be my, me creating my world. You see, my words create my world. And all those guys that run around trying to claim, um, you know, three jets, you know what happened? It was their words. It wasn't God's words. It was total presumption. See, if you abide in me and my rhema abides in you, ask what you wish and it should be granted unto you. Many times we ask for stuff, God never said to ask for it. Now, I understand we're supposed to let our requests be made known to God. But what I'm saying is that if you don't get it, God's only obligated himself to give to you fulfill rhema, not logos. Truth with light. That's really kind of interesting. So, guys, here we go. If What if Jesus went like this whole exchange? Okay, the devil, okay, did the Holy Spirit tell you that? Next one, please. Let's, let's get to the third temptation and be done here. The tempter, I like it. You know what, you guys? You're not, you're not spending time here this morning. You're investing time. All right? I mean, this is pretty profound. This is the way the whole Christian experience. This is how you fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. He filled the wilderness with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the water See, by going by this. The tempter challenges Jesus' human need for significance and adulation. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and what? Worship me. Wow. You realize God made Lucifer, but a process made Satan. See, this is a worshiper. This was, this was the Darlene check of heaven, Lucifer. This is the devil's sin. Are you with me? This is, this is like the whoever the latest, greatest, biggest, the best is that you want to choose. But the guy's the whole idea. Now, this is, see, the, it's interesting that worship leaders like to be worshipped. <laughs> all right, all right. All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, did he tell the truth? He, the devil told the truth. If the devil's telling the truth, watch out, something's wrong. Because who gave it to him? Adam did. Adam was the God of this world. And then they gave the champion. He sinned. And so then it was transferred. The championship belt or earth, championship belt of the earth was transferred to Lucifer. He became the God of this world. You with me? So it was true. But Jesus says, something's wrong. No light, no faith. I don't, there's no faith. All of a sudden, boom, here it came. Truth and life came together. And Jesus said to him, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Three verses out of Deuteronomy. That's all Jesus had was three verses out of Deuteronomy. That's just like you, Greg, when you got saved. Greg had about three verses, but the Holy Spirit spoke to him. That's all. Notice, Jesus only had three verses up there, too, Greg. It's really kind of powerful. So here we go. Then the devil left him and angels began to minister to him. Wow, watch this, guys. Next one, please. There we go. Whose voice? Many are using their God gifts and talents to be the center of attention for their own glory. But who and what are they worshiping? Easy. It's the tempter and the temptation. Whose voice was Jesus going to listen to? God's or the tempter's? Whose voice did Adam and Eve listen to? Whose voice will we listen to? Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the snake, and the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. I mean, just... I just... I just, I just I had to throw that one in there. Okay. Great. Next one, please. 
Faith cometh from, comes from hearing God. Three times in three different temptations and predicaments, Jesus heard first before he did anything or before he said anything. And guys, rhema doesn't come every second and every moment. That's not what I'm trying to say. Rhema comes at important times in your life when there's an important decision to be made. It's a high-level thing, and God will speak to you directly on it, and you will know it because you will have faith. I remember one time when I was 24, I was looking at two businesses to buy. And uh, I was looking at two businesses. Both of them great. Both of them had potential, you know. But one I didn't have the faith for. The other one I absolutely had the faith for. Now, I didn't know you would call it a rhema, but that's what I went with. And six years later, I didn't know anything about that industry. It was a book bindery. Six years later, I have 43 employees. I'm 29 years old. I bought that business for 3000 bucks and sold it for a million bucks. All because of a... See, God's words create God's... I'm not bragging there. I mean, God did the whole thing, okay? So here's the three tests. Um, Jesus heard God before he did anything. Listen, the identity test, if you are, show me a miracle. That's the identity test. Here's the angel test. Trusting God in difficult predicaments when other options are available. You realize, guys, see the angel test. Where was Jesus going to? He needed to learn this lesson back in the garden, because uh, back in the uh, temptation, because he was going to need it later in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hello? If he didn't pass the angel test, then he wasn't going to ask the angel. He could have called 12 legions of angels. Truth. Could have done it. But God didn't say to do it. Truth, but see, if he didn't pass the angel test, then uh, your identity test. If Jesus didn't, how many times were Jesus and be asked in his ministry, show us a sign, show us a sign, show us a sign, show us a sign, show us a sign. If you're the son, if you're the son of God, I mean, you're the son of God, sure, give me a miracle. And Jesus stood, just stood there and looked at him. I only give you one sign. Noah wasn't the sign they were looking for. Noah was what God said to say. How many times are you getting bad? Just show me. Hey, you're a charismatic, Holy Spirit person. Just show me a sign. Do a miracle. Uh, God, I need validation. I'm searching for significance. So if you do a miracle through me, I'll feel good about myself. Dude, dude. Turn to the person next to you and say, neighbor. Come on, neighbor. Get a checkup from the neck up. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Are you enjoying this? Isn't it? I mean, isn't this? It's great. I'm telling you, this thing never ends. It just, it just, it, the whole thing just never ends. Watch the, the angel test, trusting God in difficult predicaments when other options are available. And then the Lucifer test, where we're trying to take God's place to be adulated by others for our own ego driven ends. Hello? See, God made Lucifer, man, big angel, worship leader angel. Hey, but Lucifer just didn't want to be a worship leader. He wanted to become the pastor. <laughs> when somebody said when Satan fell, he fell into the choir loft. I don't know. It's just so, so, but, but, but you see, uh, 
guys, this is, this is really scary. You see, and look, he wanted to become, and then what? He got kicked out of heaven. Are you with me? He took a third of the congregation with him. If you've ever been through a church split, don't worry about it. Even God had a church split. It's okay. Are you with me? When I go to the dairy, I don't, I've been to church so long. When I go to the dairy, I don't order a banana split. I order a church split. It's just, it's just you never mind. This. But look at this Lucifer test, taking God's place at, to be adulated for others. Next one, please. Okay, we're coming in for a landing. Now, moving from the fullness of the Spirit to lead, to led by the Spirit, to the what? Now, after he passed, how to, that he showed that he could be led by the Spirit. He was full of the Spirit. He showed how he could be led by the Spirit. Now, God says, you're ready to get the... Hello? And he returned. Galilee and the power of the Spirit, and then he began his ministry. Jesus started his ministry after learning the power of enlightened swordsmanship. He was going to need it. We do too. Next one, please. Getting a rhema on rhema. Get a rhema. God walks and talks with us. The devil will just what? Hello? God had Jesus back the whole time, and ours too. Victory is ours if we will listen to God and then say, God just said, not like Adam and Eve said, hath God. Next one. Guidance. God, you and I dance. Just, just like that. This whole thing's about, this whole temptation thing was had one purpose. Can you be led by the Spirit? That's how you fill the earth with the knowledge of good, by using those two swords. This recount was about being led by the Spirit to be empowered by the Spirit. As the Son of God, Jesus' example for us. As the Son of Man, Jesus' example of us. He's the forerunner for many other runners. That's us. He went in first to show us how it could be done. Learn from Jesus. Adam and Eve didn't do as well. So Adam and Eve learned from others' mistakes. The second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs> Jesus... Jesus got the cheese. Are you with me? Jesus got the cheese. Okay. Now look at this. What's the takeaway here? Whose voice are we? I think I, let me give you one. This is the final example. I know I said that. You're just drawing on the gift, you know, so I'm just like. Okay. In any event, it's like living water. I, I, Becky is a, my wife Beck is a great dancer, been married 34 years, and I was always playing in the band. I mean, uh, in our summer 67, 66, you, most of you weren't even born back then, but, uh, you know, and we had one of the big dad bands in Phoenix, Alice Cooper was in the class, his band would come, we were all playing the same place, Linda Ronstadt would come from Tucson and playing all that stuff, so I grew up in this, but I never learned to dance because I was playing the guitar. And so, but Becky's dad was a ballroom dancer, great guy. Becky learned how to ballroom dance. I mean, so, so we have this interesting thing. I have two left feet, and she's like, you know, the, the, uh, the lady from Puerto Rico who's really good at dancing. What's her name? You know, the Jolie, jo, not Joe, never mind. Okay, never mind. Sorry. She's not, never mind. <laughs> okay. But we, so, so Becky says, now, Ed, we're, we're actually, you're a better dancer than you think you are. Now, here's what you do. Here's how my dad talk, told me, talk, let me, you know, and did this. He says, now, he, 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 Becky, it says, this way my dad taught me, okay. If you just go like this, 
then I know you're coming this way. And so I just go with it. And if you just pull lightly, you don't have to pull, you know, just, just kind of go like this, you know. And, and we started doing that. I said, this is really cool, man. And, and, uh, uh, and she said, oh, by the way, Ed, if uh, you step on my feet, uh, it's my fault. I said, it's your fault? She says, yeah, I wasn't listening. Are you with me? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, uh, this whole idea here is just, it's, it's being gut- led by the Lord, guided by the Lord. God, you and I dance. It's a dance. And the, you know what I've, what I've discovered is that, you know, I just, I love dancing with Beck. I just love it. I just, here's, here's my revelation on this. After 34 years of marriage, it's, only, it's the only time she's truly manageable. It's just great. You know, I just, <laughs> it's just, I just, just, I like that power. You know, it's just like, but you realize, guys, if God steps on your feet, it's because you weren't following. And many people, when they do their own thing, and then they blame it on God, and you know what I'm saying? And so, guys, let's learn how to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like waters come to sea. Thank you for letting me share with you. You are awesome people. Give yourselves a hand. There you go, Greg.